welcome to the first of four shows in which we'll be meeting the latest group of entrepreneurs from the Block Dojo Incubator Programme in London. On the day of their final showcase presentation to an audience of potential investors, I talked to the founders of two businesses that plan to monetize the work of video games influencers and to combat loneliness. You're listening to CoinGeek Conversations with Charles Miller. James Kirk has a plan to create AI-powered digital companions for his startup called Ditto. It may sound like sci-fi, but it could prove to be a real solution to a real problem. So James, I'm feeling lonely. How is Ditto going to be able to help me? Well, you're not the only one that's feeling lonely. We are actually in a global epidemic of loneliness. Uh, It's been researched that over half of all UK adults felt either lonely, some, most or all of the time last year. Mm. And it's not just affecting older people. Actually, 16 to 24 year olds are the age group that now feels lonely most often and most intensely. Mm. Being seriously lonely is incredibly bad for your health. In fact, there's recent studies that show that it will have the same impact on your physical health as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. What can you do about it? (laughs) Well, Ditto is providing AI-powered digital companions. And Ditto is really all about helping people make more human-to-human connections, but also filling the gap when that's not possible. So, right, what is a digital companion? So a digital companion is essentially an AI-powered digital person. So it's going to take the form of, a, of an app to start with. So it will be able to sit on any smartphone or any tablet. And it will work on a uh, voice note and text experience. So it will just be like having a chat with a friend on WhatsApp. So, okay, so supposing I'm using this thing and I'm feeling lonely, I'd say, hello, you know, how's it going today or something? Or what, 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 what would kind of happen? Well, immediately it will be able to provide companionship and that's a massive thing by itself. When people are lonely by themselves, spending 95% of their day alone, just having somebody to talk to provides a huge amount of support. But what is the quality of the conversation going to be like? Because I don't want to be talking to one of those things that you get on telephones where they say, you know, you now have three options. Do you want that maybe? <laughs> or see how, how much better than that is it going to be? <laughs> Significantly better than that. Yeah, there's been some pretty serious leaps forward in AI over the last couple of years. And there, the technology has come advanced so much that now it's, it's very lifelike, very human-like. And having a conversation with Ditto will be very similar to having a conversation with a human being. But will it know, if I say, you know, oh God, did you hear what happened in the news today or something? Or what level of detail in the conversation would, will be possible? Very detailed. So Ditto will be connected to the internet. It will have real-time information on everything that's going on around the world. Most importantly, it learns about the person that's using it. It learns about their life. It learns about what they like and what they don't like. And how does it, how does it find that out? So it will ask you questions. It will provide that level of companionship. So it's not a one-way uh, process like something like Amazon Alexa. It will proactively 
learn about your life. So it might say, you, what kind of music do you like or something? Very much so. It will ask you lots of questions about what you like and what you don't like. It will remember all of this. And eventually, it will start to match you up with other human beings oh, around right. shared interests and experiences. And this is all about building people's social confidence. Because saying to somebody that is seriously lonely, just go out and meet more people, is not helpful. Mm. Loneliness is very often intertwined with other mental health issues like anxiety and depression. So by building people's social confidence, we can help them to actually get to a point where they feel ready to connect with other human beings. So would I have to subscribe to the service or how so is the business model? We're exploring a number of business models. Subscription services are certainly one that we're interested in. Uh, if you look at so, so similar um, apps in the, in, the, in the market. Replica is probably the, the most well-known one. They work on a subscription model. Um, and we would look to explore that. We're also working with a number of B2B clients. So we have letters of intent from London City College Group and also from uh, Dorset Mind. And they would work with, with them on a B2B model where they would uh, essentially pay a licensing fee and be able to pass Ditto on to their customers and the people that work within their communities for free. It sounds like the kind of thing where if you could get a pilot project going that worked very well, then everyone would be happy to pursue it. But it's going to take an awful lot to get this technology into a condition where you really want to expose it to people and have their views of, of it, I guess, isn't it? Well, the thing about AI is it is moving incredibly fast and there is a huge amount of resources already available. I have a fantastic engineer that I'm working with called Aidan, who is an MA in machine learning and artificial intelligence. I have a, a professor at UCL, Dr. Ken Lee, who I'm also working with, who's been working at the intersection of AI and healthcare and has written over 80 papers on the subject. So we already have a, a very strong team and we're going to be building out a custom language model which will focus specifically on companionship and mental well-being. Does something like this exist in Japan already? So Japan, as you probably expect, have been uh, pretty forward thinking in this space for a, uh, a number of years already. Um, although nothing exists at a level that we're doing at. And I think that the big differentiator in what we're doing is that we really focus on creating more human-to-human -human connection. So there are uh, apps and services in Japan, but they're much more focused on the entertainment side of things. Is there going to be a, a resistance that you have to overcome from people thinking it's almost humiliating to have to kind of admit that I'm going to talk to a machine instead of having friends or whatever? Well, I think when you think about the alternative for a lot of people is chronic loneliness. And as we talked about earlier, chronic loneliness will have a huge impact on your physical health. But do you think that, okay, you will have somebody to talk to and they will sort of know about you, but is that going to cure the loneliness? Well, there's lots of studies that show that it does. Even if it's a machine? Even if it's, a, and especially if it's a machine sometimes. So Macmillan uh, did a fantastic piece of research on digital companionship for people living with cancer. And actually they didn't build any technology. They used a, a Wizard of Oz prototype. 
So essentially they gave people that are living with cancer a sort of a fake app and said, this is an AI companion. Um, talk to it when you're feeling like you want someone to talk to. And it wasn't. It was actually somebody on the other end <laughs> talking to them. Right. And that, but but the, the most interesting part of this that, that they found out was that when they talked to those people afterwards, they said, I could talk to this service in a completely different way than I could do with my friends and family. I could open up. I, I didn't have to feel like I needed to filter anything. And I didn't feel like I was burdening, burdening any, anyone. So there's a role for technology in companionship. It's always there. It's always going to say the right thing. It's non-judgmental. So there is many, many plus points that outweigh the negatives. That, that sounds incredible. I mean, I'm almost therefore going to worry in the other direction that people become addicted to their AI companions because they'd never caused trouble in their lives and that the real business of dealing with with difficult human beings might be kind of put off because of that. And I think that's why we focus on creating more human-to-human connections. The goal yeah. for us is always to create more human Right, well, we, yeah, we haven't really talked about that. So tell me a little bit about how you're going to go from the stage of me talking to the AI version to interacting with a real person. Yeah, sure. So there's two, there's two sort of routes here. The first one is around building people's social confidence by connecting them with others around shared interests and experiences. So as you talk to Ditto, Ditto will learn about your life and it will learn about what you like and what you don't like, what your routines are, what your hobbies and interests are. And after a while, it will suggest, instead of talking to me today, why don't we set up a group call with these other people that are all interested in the same thing that you're interested in? And that might start as a a voice chat or a text chat, and it might progress to a a video chat. And as that person becomes more socially confident, when they're ready, Ditto can help them to meet up with people in the real world in a safe (laughs) and secure way. And through our partners, we can help with things like uh, transport and venues. Right. You mean these might be sort of uh, charities that deal with particular kinds of people or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's definitely one uh, example. The other side of uh, what we do is actually around allowing people to create a ditto of themselves. Now, this sort of project actually started because I've experienced loneliness. Uh, I've seen the impact of it. My mum's in her 70s and she spends a lot of time by herself and I've seen the impact on her mental health. Now, I could create a ditto of myself and I can load that up with memories, stories that we've shared over the years. What you would sort of sit in front of a camera and talk. I could input uh, those memories and stories through voice, through text. I could input um, text conversations, WhatsApp chats, emails, Mm. photos, videos, music. I can even give it my voice by recording a short sample. So it becomes an extension of me and a digital memory box full of So all those she could memories. actually be talking to the AI, but it would sound like you. It would, yeah. And what happens then is that I get a notification to say, hey, your mum's chatting with your ditto. Why don't you give her a call next time you get a chance? So again, it's about trying to foster more human-to-human connection. 
Incredible. Well, I wish you every luck with it, James. It sounds really fantastic. I hope, Thank you. I hope it works. <laughs> Thank you. Influencers in the video games market attract followers by their commentaries on games and tips about how to play them. Tristan O'Dwyer wants to monetize that market by rewarding its viewers with tokens. Okay, uh, Vimt is a platform for social media influencers, specifically social media influencers who operate in the gaming sector. And gaming is by far the most, uh, most important and biggest of those sectors. Right, so these are people who play the game and comment in a kind of attractive way exactly. about what they're doing and people want to see what they have to say about it. Exactly. And it can be that uh, an influencer specializes in a specific game that people are interested in and they might watch that to get tips and become better at that game themselves. Um, other influencers are kind of game agnostic. They'll try new games that come onto the market and that's hugely valuable to the gaming companies that create these games in the first place to have these influencers playing the game and uh, advertising their wares. Right, so that's, that's what's going on at the moment. How does Vimt come into it then? So the problem with legacy platforms is that the top 1% of influencers get all of the traction. So they get all of the followers and all of the subscribers and as a consequence, all of the revenue. And that, of course, is a function of how the algorithms work on these platforms. So their revenue is what? Advertising revenue? Yeah, advertising revenue. They will split the advertising revenue with the platform. Um, but th these algorithms on the legacy platforms, they reward success with further success. They push you to the top of the pile. And it's very difficult then for those, that 99% to break through and, and gain the kind of critical mass following that they need to actually make a living from doing this. And so Vimp takes a different approach. So we actually reward the viewers with a blockchain-based token for discovering and following new talent. So if I come on to Vimp as a viewer, what, yep. what would happen? Essentially, people mine tokens with their attention. I think that's a good way of, of explaining it. And the way we measure that is that a QR code pops up on the screen at random. Uh, the viewers have a second screen app, the Vimt second screen app, and that also contains their crypto wallet. When they see a QR code pop up on the screen, they scan the QR code. And in the background, we've got an AI which is analyzing the context of the video. And that can create either a multiple choice question, it could be an opinion poll, a feedback survey, based on the context of what is happening in the video. And if you answer that, then you're rewarded with a token. And it's the random nature of the way we insert the QR codes that ensures that people move around the platform finding new influencers. Right, so you'll, you'll put these things on people who are not necessarily having a big audience. Exactly, yet. yes, yes. Well, it, it's random. And, you know, then to prevent a max exodus, so, you know, if a um, QR code appears, people scan it, to prevent an exodus, um, you know, it can, it can pop up again in a minute or never. Right. It's totally random. Yeah. And that's what ensures that people's attention, viewers' attention is equally distributed across the platform. And therefore, the advertising revenue is equally distributed across the platform. And why would I want to get these tokens? Um, they have a real-world utility. We're still working on the tokenomics um, and deciding you know, what we want to achieve by this. But they will have a value. They will have a real-world utility. So that I could actually exchange it for something in a shop? Ex ex yes. Ex uh, most likely exchange for uh, vouchers for brands. And so what's the business model? Who's going to pay for that? Uh, those rewards? Um, so that will be um, relationships that we have with brands, um, you know, similar to any kind of affiliate marketing. 
It's just that it's blockchain based. Right. So you would go to a brand that wants to uh, attract this kind of demographic. Exactly. And you yeah. could say, if you contribute X, then your brand will be exposed to people watching these exactly. videos. Exactly. Yes. And even better, we can prove engagement with that brand because we know that 20,000 people have scanned that QR code. Uh, that's, what's, that's what makes it hugely valuable to advertisers and brands. So you know that people are actually watching. Exactly, yeah. And they've answered a question based on your brand or whatever it is. But so if you've got this system running, why confine it to video game influencers? It um, just would apply to anything on YouTube yes, or whatever. It, it certainly it? could. But I think with, with any kind of platform, uh, you need to start with a niche and expand. Um, you know, the classic examples are Facebook started off for university students, became bigger. Um, eBay apparently began as a way to trade Pez dispensers. <laughs> I don't know how true yes. that is, but somebody did tell me that. Um, so, yeah, it's the idea of starting with a niche and expanding. Right. OK, so, so you do have in mind a sort of bigger, bigger picture. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And so what's going to be the, the hardest thing about this? Who, who, what, what's going to be the biggest challenge, do you think, in, in getting this business model rolling? Sure. It's going to be uh, attracting influencers to the platform. Because the influencers then in turn attract viewers. And but the, the influencers are just, they've just got everything to gain, haven't they? I mean, sure, why would do. they not want to take part? Well, it's a kind of a fear of the unknown. But well, I guess, yeah, yeah. yeah, but it does have a network effect. You know, at the first 10 or 20 influencers get on there, it will build that network effect. Um, but, you know, any kind of social platform gaining critical mass is a function of velocity as well. So it's not enough to just get your critical mass. You have to get there at a certain velocity. It's, it's something ironic, possibly, in this, in that your best bet for getting people signed up is to go to this 1% of incredibly successful influencers because they're the ones who have the audience. But yeah. I'm going to be saying, please sign up for here because we're going to take some of your viewers and give them to people who are not as well known as sure. you are. Yeah, yeah. We want to avoid that. There is a you know, a middle market of influencers um, who, you know, while they don't have that uh, mass following, they have a committed following. Um, and that's just imp as, as important as a mass following. What sort of a living can somebody make out of, out of this uh, work at the moment? Somebody in the top kind of 3,000 influencers maybe on YouTube, which is, you know, far away from the 1% can make a couple of grand maybe a month. I mean, it beats working in an office for most people. But then they have to be sitting there playing the game for yeah. quite a few hours yeah, a day. Yeah, they'll probably play for five or six hours a day. Because you've, yeah. you've got somebody on your team who actually does this work. Yes, we do. Yeah, we have a, a, an influencer influencer. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's her job to um, spread the word about Vimch and attract her network to the platform. Right. What were you doing before this? How did you get into this? Ooh, um, it's a good question. I, I'm always reluctant to talk about my career because it ages me. It's, uh, I've been working in media for well over 20 years. Um, I started off in broadcast. I worked for the BBC for several years as an engineer. The last 10 years, um, I've been focused on the commercial side. Um, and in, me, in broadcast? In broadcast and became very interested in video streaming uh, because, you know, 10, 12 years ago, I saw that, you know, Traditional broadcast, linear broadcast was being replaced by video on demand, um, but also what we call over the top streaming. So streaming over the Internet. And I became fascinated with all the nuts and bolts that sit behind that because the Internet was never designed to transport video. 
you know, the Freeview network in the UK or the satellite network or the cable network in the ground, that was designed with the transport of video in mind. The internet wasn't. So we've had to uh, cludge all these kind of various protocols and various moving parts and players and low latency streaming and backends and um, all that sort of stuff. And I, I love bringing all that together. Right. So it's sort of from an engineering and, and, um, and business point of view, really. Yes. Yeah. You're not a video game. Uh, no, no, I'm not. I, I'm so busy. I don't have the time to spend five hours a day playing video games. <laughs> well, when you've made your first billion, you'll be able to sit back and relax on exactly. your island and play video games. <laughs> That's so, it. Thank, thank you very much indeed yeah. for talking to me, Tristan. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good luck with your project. Thank you. Thanks very much to Tristan O'Dwyer and to James Kirk, who we met first. Next week, I'll be talking to two more entrepreneurs about football finance and the mergers and acquisitions market. So please join me for that. But until then, thanks for listening. And from me, Charles Miller, goodbye.